Hi everyone, my name is Sam and I'm the technical lead at Dear Digital and your host today for an incredibly exciting discussion with Fabien Pinkers, the founder and CEO of Odoo. Odoo is probably one of the hottest, fastest growing SaaS companies in the world. It pitches itself as amazing software for amazing employees, the only platform you will ever need to help run your business with integrated apps kept simple and loved by millions of happy users. There is so much to unpack about this company. I really did my best to cover a lot of ground as we discussed Fabien's personal story, the early years of Odoo, the incredible growth of Odoo and how Fabien has dealt with it, best of breed versus best of suite software, Odoo's focus on its website and e-commerce module, which is of course hugely important to us, how they approach talent and Odoo's open source nature and what it means to Fabien. It's seldomly the case that you have the honor to discuss such profoundly interesting topics with such a clear thinker as Fabien. I'm incredibly grateful to have had the chance to have this discussion and our little ping pong session where he completely obliterated me. The man is good and plays with an impressive focus and boldness, just as he approaches his role at Odoo. Without further ado, let's dive into it. Here we go. Hello Fabien, thanks a lot for joining us. It's great to be here and uh, thanks for making some time. Hello, thanks for having me. Awesome. So let's dive into it with an anecdote. Um, so for everybody, I actually uh, emailed Fabien um, to ask to come on the podcast. Uh, it was a little stressful for, stressful for me to write the email and he replied very openly, like, yeah, for sure, come to the office, I have time, you choose the date, and I actually have as much time as you want. <laughs> like, how on earth can you be the founder and CEO of such a big growing company and have so much time for people like us? Yeah, I don't have a lot of uh, scheduled meetings, maybe one to three per week, okay. which is not a lot for CEOs because I focus on things that matter, and most of the things that matter, I manage my agenda. Okay. So I only have a very few uh, external meetings, so it's very easy for me to, I'm basically available all the time. Okay, awesome. Well, it's very nice, so yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Um, I just want to zoom into some personal questions. We don't have to dive into Fabian, the person, too much, but I just want to give the audience a little bit of a, um, like a framework to think about. Like, where did you grow up? What were you as a kid? What did you study? How did you get involved in computer stuff? Like, just very broad, say something about yourself. Oh, I started computer since I was a kid, maybe nine or ten years old. Okay. Um, I did computer science at the university. I love programming since a lot of time. And then I founded, I did a lot of things, and one thing worked better than the other, which is a dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so at some point, uh, I started to stop all my business activities. I developed uh, e commerce, uh, uh, virus, antivirus, oh, right. <laughs> games. Yeah. Uh, I had an online store uh, for um, t shirt, uh, yep. Linux stuff, uh, t shirt, yeah. and awesome. potions, things like that. And at some point, I decided to stop all the activities to refocus on what I like. Uh, is, uh, uh, business management software. Mm -hmm. So because I have two passions, I like to develop, but I also like to uh, how to better organize companies. Yeah. And I wanted to fix something which is super complex. I always like th things that like you need decades to solve. Mm -hmm. And uh, management software is extremely complex. Making it easier is, is something that takes a lot of years. So 
Yeah, that's why I liked it, and then, then I started to doing a do, and then grew and grew and grew, and okay. today we are 2000. And how did you come across a business uh, thing that was for you interesting to resolve? I mean, which businesses did you have contact with? What was it because you had your own business that you understood that there were some issues, or did you know other people who had businesses that you knew the issues? So I had my own business. I read a lot, uh, two to three weeks per week at the, at the time. Okay. Now I'm more closer to one per week. <laughs> uh, management books. So I. Okay. A lot from the books, yeah. and also working from customer. We deploy thousands and thousands of customers now. So working with them, we learn the best, practice, sure. best practice. Who was your first client with the tiny ERP? I mean, uh, I believe it was a friend of my father, okay. uh, transport company. Okay. And then I did the auction houses when I was 13, very young. That's very young. <laughs> was it then tiny ERP already? No, it's, it was another software. Right? Okay. It was still a management software. Okay, very good. Um, I, I then want to ask some questions about, like, I, I don't know what kind of a person you are, but your stressful days and your happy days, like, why do you do it? So the happy times and what were looking back, maybe in the beginning as well, your stressful days, what was hard for you to make? Um, I believe the failures does, doesn't matter that much. Okay. Um, so what what makes the, the company what it is today is all success. And what matters for me is to have the big successes. And it's okay to have failure. We can endure the failure. It doesn't change anything. But if you fail to have big success, then it's a big problem. Uh, so I focus way more on uh, achieving stuff. And obviously, when you try to innovate and change things, you do a lot of failure, but that's okay. Um, and so what matters are to do is the, the, the success. And obviously, the biggest success we did is the product. The product is way ahead of the company. Competition, and that's what pulled us uh, with this fast growth. Okay, and then open source. So Udo has an open source part. I think that you are very passionate about open source software as a whole. When did you come across open source software? Why do you think it's so important? What do you like about it? Can you just tell us something about what so open source open source software means to you? Yeah, I love open source. I was passionate about open source. I'm still. Uh, I, I love that the knowledge should be shared. I don't think knowledge should be appropriated things that uh, for a small number of people. I think knowledge should be shared, and software is knowledge mm -hmm. um, and that's what I like in uh, open source so I always did do uh, as free open source uh, I went to the limit of the system at some point where we were close to bankruptcy it's a few years because I was fully open source so I had to pivot a little bit and do what we call today an open core business model where 80% of our applications are uh, open source and 20% are for a fee so we are still very much uh, probably one of the biggest open source contributors in the world uh, especially with the community with 40,000 applications um, but uh, we also have some applications for a fee uh, to finance the development of open source uh, products. Okay. Same question more or less uh, about Python. Um, Udo is Python based. Can I say it like that? How did you come across Python? Why do you think it's a good language or it's an interesting language or like environment to build in? Uh, uh, something to, like today doing it Python is obvious. I mean it's okay. uh, the second or first depending with JavaScript uh, language in the world. So today it's obvious. When I started we were one of the first to do uh, huge stuff in Python. And uh, I would say I, I, I know I, I knew a lot of languages. I probably knew more than 10 languages, and I just picked the one that <laughs> worked better for what we do. Okay, awesome. <laughs> then I, had, I read in some articles that you were planning to move to India. 
actually, um, before COVID. I read that. I don't know if it's true. But yeah, I read it in the press. Yeah. Um, because you're not interested in traveling at all, you stated. Yeah. Um, but why do you want to move maybe to India or to a place like India or abroad? So um, I, I rarely travel to, to visit the subsidiaries of Odoo, uh, mostly because I don't have time. I, I have more important things to do than traveling. Uh, but when there is a big problem, I, I'm okay to relocate. And we, had, we have things to do in India. So before the COVID, I asked my wife to leave her job and we subscribed the kids to the school in India. But we couldn't leave because of the COVID. So for now, it's like in pending. Okay. Where was it then that you were going to move towards? Uh, it was two years ago, beginning of the crisis. Okay. Because we, we it, it's uh, interesting because I, I was studying in India when I was at university. And now we actually have some developers in India as well um, because we got to know them. It's a whole story. But uh, yeah, it was just fun to read that you were maybe interested in going to India. So I was wondering like why or how. So um, then I, I would like to zoom in a little on the foundations of the company. So Odoo. Um, can you briefly describe Odoo in some numbers that are important to you? So how do you see Odoo and why do you think it's going well or not well? It's like you want, yeah. but how, how can you describe Odoo? I think numbers doesn't matter that much. What matters is how we transform companies. When we see people that are super happy, way more productive, you can put a number on that. But that's, that's what we do at Odoo. We make people uh, more efficient at work, more productive. They do less administrative tasks, less boring tasks. Uh, and it's difficult to put numbers on that. Um, but if you need a few numbers, we have uh, around 8 million of users, uh, which is not nothing for fully integrated management Huge, software. Yeah. Um, uh, even though we have 2,000 employees at Odoo, the ecosystem, people living from Odoo, it's 100,000 people. So that's something we can be very, very proud of because we created 100,000 jobs. <laughs> so it, it, it's huge. Uh, and by far, the, one of the most, probably the most, I have to check with all the community uh, contributions, but uh, largest open source software uh, at, in terms of community and full-time people contributing to it. That's what I read actually in the survival guide. So you have the guide for employees, right? The Odoo yeah. survival guide. So I, I read those numbers and that's what I thought or hoped that you were going to say. So the community is really important to you, I think, and yeah. to Odoo for sure. Um, what I thought when I was reading that is that Odoo is, is I don't know if you're very familiar with the Bill Gates line. It's um, to set apart aggregators from platforms. And what a platform means to Bill Gates, he said it once in, a, in an article or whatever, is that the ecosystem that is built around a system or a platform, uh, if it's huge, is it if it's bigger than the company itself or the system itself, then it's a platform. And I actually think about that Odoo is the ultimate platform. Because like you say, I mean, there are so many people yeah. in the Odoo economy, living out of Odoo, the partners, uh, the open source contributors. Yeah, Odoo is so much bigger than what exactly. we are. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's incredible. Like, it really is platform for business software, I would yeah. say. So it was interesting. And it's fun to work with communities. Uh, when you do something good, they congratulate you. And when you do something bad, they fight at you. But at the end, it's always uh, because we care. And it's always emotional to have so many people relying on what you do. But uh, I mean, in a lot of companies don't have a big purpose for us. It's the, the purpose is our, is our community. So it's super, super, super good. Where does that happen, that, that community? I mean, for you, where does that live? If you say you, people hate you or applaud you, is it online like fora that you are on as well? Or it, Yeah. First, it's very emotional because our community is very different from most other open source communities. It's people who live on the software. 
their job is to sell, develop, implement the software. So it's a life-changing or, or business-changing uh, thing. So if we do mistakes, there is a massive impact for them. If we do good things, there is a good impact for them too. Mm -hmm. So I believe our community cares way more than pure open source contributors because they're they don't really on it actually, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, their life is. That's uh, maybe it's um, a bit of a strange question, but. What is the most negative thing about being uh, like having the open source community for you? Like you have a lot of positive things, obviously, yeah. but what do you feel is something that you struggle with sometimes or don't like, or maybe there is not really something? But there are plenty of discussions yeah. and things, yeah. but that, that doesn't matter. What matters yeah. is what we achieve, and, exactly. and for that the community is very useful. But maybe one thing I have in mind is uh, something that was very strange for me, is that a few years ago, before we pivot to the business model we, we that, that make the companies become sustainable, we were fully open source. And at the time, the relationship we had with the community was, was always conflictual. So we had people complaining because they were afraid that we became less open source, because they were afraid that... And also because we had the extremist open source guy who didn't like business. And what we do, we have an open source community of business people, so it's sometimes not easy to reconciliate. Um, and so that was conflictual, but not for bad reason. It was also because they care. So it was positive, but it was always... So we had to, I had the feeling to be a fireman. I'd always, <laughs> I always have fire to extinguish. Yeah. And at some point we did the pivot of being um, open core mm -hmm. so we said no we will only do 80% of our activities in, in uh, open source and 20% for a fee and because we'll do this 20% for a fee we'll be able to contribute 10 times more and that's what we did we produced 10 times more open source code now than before mm -hmm. because we are sustainable we could recruit way more developers okay. but since we did this switch the community at the, at the time of the switch uh, criticized us a lot they were afraid that we, we, we would become like because there, there are some bad examples in the open source world like Magento we flipped completely or things like that um, uh, they, were, they were scared but today uh, let's say a few years after that the community is way more peaceful than before which is fun because we are a little bit less open source, but the, the acceptance that we do, we really do business, that we as Odoesa, the software vendor, we have to make revenue so that we can sustain the growth of the, of the community. Since that has been accepted, the relationship with the community is way better. Because it's clear, maybe, and you took the decision. Because and, yeah. it's clear, maybe some extremists left at the time, because the ones who were anti-business yeah. and who were purely open source, uh, and that was funny because they were anti-business for us, but not for them. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know what the effect but today I would say the relationship with the committee is, is, is very efficient can you talk a little bit more about that change that you made like who why did you do it um, did you read about it did you talk about it with a lot of people did you get it from the community that you had to change something like that or how did that change happen in your head when did it first time pop up how did it ripe in, in, in time now, um, the first license change we had to do was from uh, I believe we were GPL and, and we moved to AGPL because the community asked for it. It was a big mistake. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, or LG, we moved to LGPL. What it is that? Sorry, I, I don't know. It's a different open source license. Okay, it's okay. two different, yeah. two open source licenses, but different one. And that, that the community asked for that. We did it, and that was a big mistake. The rest, it's a move I never wanted to do. It's for ten years. I said no, we will never do that. We, I, I, I actually was part of the problem because I created a wrong expectation. But I didn't want it. I, wanted, I always wanted to be one hundred percent open source. But at some points, I understood that it's just not sustainable. I mean, if we need to, it's good to be one hundred percent open source, but 
that if you don't have the resource and the developers Then to build a product that, yeah. has be, that is better or at least equivalent to the property software, there is no, no point in that. So I refuse to do the same, but after 10 months and uh, 10 years and struggling with the, with the cash, at some point we said we had no other options and we had to do the change for business reasons. And then everything went way better. Crazy. Okay. Now I want to zoom in a little bit on the, um, a little bit more on the system Odoo itself um, and the community around it as well still actually. So where do you think the line lies between Odoo, the partners and the open source developers? So you guys have a lot of modules in Odoo, um, probably you will integrate even more or create even more, um, but there are apps built on the Odoo ecosystem, for example, and there are partners who implement the, uh, the software. But you, as Odoo, also implement the software. Yeah. Like, where does that line lay for you? How did that line change a little bit? Just tell us something more about where you yeah, think it is. Be, be, before talking about the friction well, <laughs> yeah, let's okay. talk about the relationship and why it works. Mm -hmm. And I believe it works better than pretty much every other open source software. The reason it works so well at Odoo is because it's three different jobs and uh, and, and uh, we, f we succeeded to fulfill everyone's expectation, to really create a win-win where the customer gets something better, the partner gets something and we yeah. or the community gets something better. Mm -hmm. well, what, what are the role of the different actors? We as the software vendor or do we say. Our role is to build a standard product, but also to build the marketing, the market offer and the branding and so on. But we mostly focus on building a product which is standard with the feature that cover, I would say, 80-90% of the people. Um, Then there is the partner. Their role is to offer services to the client, and they will focus on the five to ten percent uh, missing uh, mm -hmm. features to, to, to be sure they achieve really the specificities of every client. And because of this dual ecosystem, uh, the, the clients get a better service. You get a great service from the partner and a great product from us. And both together is a better offering than having just one of the two. Um, and obviously, the community benefit from that because everything we do, 80% is injected as open source. So even the ones that are not partner benefit a lot from the open source nature of a do. Um, if we, maybe it's not relevant, but but I did uh, not answer your question. No, uh, not <laughs> the way. Was, maybe yeah, I can line, answer it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> but but sometimes there is a line because we also do service. So that's what we did. And at some point, we noticed that the par partners were very good to uh, to answer to the service market. Uh, so companies wanting to buy services and large projects with mandates of development or consulting and so on. And partners are efficient to do that. Mm -hmm. But there, there is another segment of the market, we, which is the small companies who don't want services. They would have maybe uh, subscribe on Squarespace on their own or Shopify on their mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. They would have purchased a Sage accounting software in a box, but they don't want to buy services because it's small companies. They would, they would just they just need yeah. a software mm -hmm. like they would use Trello online or things like that. Plug and play. Yeah. And because the partners are service companies, they were not efficient to address these guys. When these guys were asking for uh, a partner for a quotation, they get an offer at 30, 40k euro, and then they get frustrated. Mm -hmm. So even though we started only with the partner network for to deliver the service, at some point we had to say no, it's it doesn't work. We are frustrating 50% of the market, which are the small companies who don't want to buy services. So we made a service offer, which is like the minimum service offer, like a self-service with uh, some support uh, to address uh, the very small companies. On top of that, no, the Odoo software is growing so fast that we also have large corporations and our partner network is too small to address um, companies with 5,000 plus employees. So some of these projects we have to do it on the own too. Okay, awesome. Um, then I have a question about, it's something that comes up often internally in our company, but also sometimes with um, uh, clients. It's the best of breed versus best of suite software. Uh, yeah. Probably you're uh, familiar with those terms. Um, 
for me personally, it's just so incredible that a company like Odoo can create modules that are so broad, that are good for, like you said, I think 80 or 90% of all the businesses. Um, but a lot of people actually push back on that and say, because we live in the age, I think, of specialization, it's like, it's not possible. You cannot do that as a company. Obviously, you're um, yeah, uh, showing them wrong, <laughs> but it's quite amazing, right? That you can build something that is so broad. Everyone, everyone is doing that. Um, look at what uh, happened in the war processor 15 years ago. You had uh, Lotus one, two, three for the spreadsheet, and then you had works or world perfect for the text editor, and you have different version. And at some point, technology becomes so mature. Uh, that it was not a matter of developing the perspiratory. The technology was mature, so it was easier to address. And at some point, the winner became Microsoft Office because it did the spreadsheet, Word, and PowerPoint. And today, you don't imagine having a spreadsheet, a Word, and a PowerPoint separate. It would be totally inefficient. I believe it's the same. Uh, management software are more complex, so uh, it came after. Uh, that's why we are only seeing now the first like Odoo uh, complete solution that, add, that, uh, that is at the same time the best of read for every application because you could take Odoo accounting is better than the traditional accounting software, CRM2, website2, not for all those apps. For the majority of our apps, we are equivalent or better than the best of the, of the market. The reason is that technologies are more accessible. And the second reason is that a lot of things come from integration. It's like when you use PowerPoint, you take pictures or you uh, include spreadsheets in your documents. And having everything together uh, is part of the value. And this value is massive. Um, so the question remains, why do people still do best of breed yeah. and connectors and API and complexity like that when they can get the best? Uh, first, we nobody knows it uh, because everyone has past experience of complex software, so people are still afraid and not a lot of people know do yet. It's, we are working on it, but it's, we are still only 0.1% of the market. And the other reason is that I believe they, there is contradictory um, uh, um, like the developer, or technical companies, or service companies, they like to do uh, APIs in connectors. For sure. I mean, who would refuse to to work 100 days to connect an e-commerce? That, that's that's their job. They sell a lot. It costs a lot. But if you look at it from the customer point of view, they don't benefit from having uh, very expensive connectors that usually are the source of the long delays and uh, on, on your project. Frustration in the long term. Yeah. And it costs a lot to maintain. And the complexity grows with the square on the number of connections you do. So you start with just connecting your website with your sale, it works, Next and then you connection. connect more and more and more, and the complexity grows with the square. So the, the customer does not benefit from that. The problem is that we have a lot of customers who are not technically good enough to uh, judge on their own, so uh, usually it's the implementation service or the developers who choose, and these guys like to develop. And that's why we still have so many best of breed, but uh, when you see the complexity and the nightmares it's, it generates in these companies, I don't think it's a good approach. Okay. But, and it's maybe a weird question to ask after your explanation because it was very clear, but is Odoo also able to connect easily to some of those services if you have to uh, implement a best of breed software? Yeah, think, because yeah. in the Odoo partner network, we also have partners who like to develop. So they, they, <laughs> <coughs> so they develop the modules. Yeah. We usually don't recommend it, uh, except for applications where we are not efficient. Like you connect with uh, shipping connectors, like UPS, mm -hmm. yeah. FedEx, we won't replace UPS and FedEx yeah, yeah, yeah. or Amazon or eBay. That, that's connectors we have in standard mm -hmm. but for pretty much every other thing it's rare that uh, there is a good reason 
Sometimes there is, huh? sometimes we connect, we support both. But most of the time, the cost of connecting is uh, much higher than just the cost of having some, some moving to or do and having something fully integrated. So it makes no sense, especially if you see it through the eyes of the customer. I understand, yeah. Awesome. Then one of the obvious, very nice things about Odoo is that you have everything in one place, right? Like yeah. you said, I mean, before you had everything in a different um, yeah, platform or whatever system. And we actually see a lot of companies that have their data everywhere, which actually makes it in such a way that it's impossible as a business owner to see your business metrics. Yeah. Um, so how much sales, what revenue? I mean, it's just your um, yeah, your cost structure or sales versus the sales channels, uh, e-commerce channels, uh, B2B channels and, and stuff. Is that something that you're working on a lot in Odoo to make sure that the entrepreneurs or the, the whatever the people that work at the company can have a very quick look at those numbers? So the number crunching and metric part of Odoo, which could uh, be quite huge. When you use Odoo, it's standard. So you have your yeah. connectors with Amazon, eBay. We have a website builder and then the sales through the CRM and the sales through the point of sales and because everything is the same database you go to the pivot spreadsheet on top of that uh, all the spreadsheet obviously it's integrated too uh, and you have uh, your your data in, in real time you know at Odoo we have 2,000 employees a lot of departments activities in the different countries we only use one software so all our numbers we get it after like uh, midnight when we close the number we get all the numbers consolidated across all the departments I need statistics about recruitment consolidated with I don't know the cost of recruitment. I get all the things in real time and with no pain. There is only one guy to maintain your system. A traditional company will have a full department and these guys, just for the reporting, need another department who will do some business intelligence on top of that. That, that costs so much. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons why large companies are totally inefficient as a, in an IT perspective is because of the complexity they created. Yeah. And our goal is that, is to just simplify companies by reducing this technical depth of having all these pipes uh, that cost so much to maintain, so usually more than the solution themselves. Um, and just by doing that, it's, it's massive value. Then I have um, a question about the bookkeeping. So you have an accounting part of Odoo as well, right? Which is quite yeah. important, I would say. Um, we still feel that a lot of, I don't know if it's specifically Belgium, but a lot of accounting firms, they work with their software that they used <laughs> before. How hard is it to get Odoo into um, those accountants and make sure that the clients that you guys have or the people that, um, Odoo, that, that use Odoo can work with that software because the accounts are maybe pushing back a little. Yeah, the, the accountants are the most resistant to change people you can <laughs> find. Um, anyway, but they are still factual. So they are still uh, good uh, judgment and so on. Uh, and I would say that to answer your question, it depends to who is presenting them that. For some people, it's very, very hard to convince them. Basically, if you are not an accountant, you can't convince an accountant. If you don't understand accounting, yeah, yeah. You, you, there is no way they will trust you uh, very quickly. Just you. Uh, but if you uh, are good in accounting, uh, it's super easy. Uh, it, uh, I don't have use case where when we presented our ex accounting expert to, to the customer, they refuse to go to Odoo. Once they see the solution, once they have a demo, and they see, oh, if way more efficient it is than their traditional software, uh, they switch super fast. But they need this demo to be done by an accounting expert. And so we see on the market a lot of partners struggling, convincing uh, um, people moving to Odoo accounting. Yeah. And most of the time, it's because these guys are not accounting experts. Uh, so it's just a matter of uh, who's presenting that. It's like, uh, would you sell a sales management system if you don't know how sales are working? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't work. 
Okay. I just have one more question about the best of breeds versus best of sweet. So how is it possible that you can get the same amount of quality in a best of sweet kind of setup in, in terms of, yeah, integrating everything with the best of breed softwares? Yeah, I believe best of breed was the best approach where technology was were less mature. Because you couldn't develop super complex things, it, it took too much, so you had to focus on doing one thing good rather than three half. Uh, but nothing changed. The technology are super mature, there are libraries for everything, uh, the language are way more higher. Uh, so you can develop the best of read uh, better if you do it the other way by providing a lot of different applications. Let me give you an example. Let's say you want to develop um, application tracking system for recruitment, where people can apply and you have a full application to manage recruitment. Oh, How can you design the best recruitment application if you don't have a website builder? Because it's the basis. I mean, you have to publish job offers. And for your job offers to be beautiful, you need a website builder. How can you design a good application tracking system if you don't have perfect email integration and communication and live chat and voice uh, conference integrated in the system for your interviews or for chatting or emailing with the candidates? And these are all the things that are part of the value of each application if, we, if you see it separately. Uh, that traditional players who only do recruitment or who only do CRM or who only do accounting, they can do that. Take any accounting software. None of them have a good collaboration mechanism on the accounting software. You can go on the invoice and start chatting with your customer because they don't have all the things because uh, what they are developing is a smaller market. They can invest in doing all the things. All those features, whether it's a website builder, uh, voice communication, uh, chatting in the system, Kanban view, mobile interface, all those things are transversal in Adu. So when we develop a recruitment application or an accounting or a CRM, we, we get that for free. So we can develop better best of breed application, even if you look at Adu through the eyes of just one app, because our app benefit from all the other features and apps. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I think the debate about best of breed or full suite is, is old. The best approach is the best of the two worlds, and to, uh, today we are mature enough to uh, claim that we can get the best of the two worlds, which is um, independent application, like we do what to do. You can just get a CRM or just a website builder, not the full complex suite like you, you would have with an SCP, mm -hmm. but these independent applications benefit from all the tons of features around it. So if you have a, a recruitment, you can have a website builder to build your job page. How much of, uh, because you use Odoo yourself at Odoo, how much um, of the future features or of the features that are now built into Odoo came from using Odoo in your own um, company? Not that much, maybe 5 or 10%. Uh, they get way more mature because we use them, but uh, in terms of new app or feature, it's not that much because we have millions of users. So. You already you prefer to satisfy millions of, of users yeah, than, yeah, than yourself, of course. Um, then I have uh, some questions about the partner network. Um, so it's obviously growing throughout the world. Um, can you tell us something about the systems um, that you have in place to have partners? So you have gold, uh, silver, and ready partners. Yes. Um, Why is that system set up in that way? Um, are you happy about that system? How are partners able to move in that um, system um, so that you can divide the good from the bad yeah. and etc. So yeah, we have 4,000 partners all around the world. So we have to uh, manage partners at scale while at the same time being fair uh, the way we think. Uh, the way we see it is always through the eyes of the customer. What do the customer want? He wants to be sure that he has someone of quality, that uh, that has good knowledge, that has a uh, good uh, success rate in his project and things like that. So most companies, like if you see Microsoft or SAP, they have some constraint, constraints on the partner. You cannot do sell, you can 
cannot sell that. You have to do minimum this. You have to do we we don't think like that way. We because we are open and you can even sell or do without being a partner because we have a community of people who just sell or do like that with no relationship to us. We can put constraints on our partners. So we work the other way around. We put incentives. We say if you reach this level of quality, then you get a bigger uh, level, and because you have a bigger, bigger level, you will have more visibility on the website, and then more customers. And the, the way we set up these incentives, we have three incentives, like to be ready, silver, and gold. Uh, the first one is your ability to get new customer, so it's basically uh, strongly related to the size of a partner. A partner who is a self-employed person will probably be smaller than someone who has a team of 20 people on the do. Uh, so that's the number of uh, new users they put in production. The second criteria is the number of uh, certification they do. So we have an e-learning and certification that represent the knowledge of a partner. Do they know the business and all the areas? And how many people do they have on this? And the third one is the customer satisfaction, which is very complex to measure because it's subjective. So the way we measure it at scale is the retention rate. Is the customer staying with this partner? And if it uh, renews every year, then it's good. Uh, if it gets less than 80% that renews every year or switch to another partner for whatever reason, uh, then the partner might be degraded. Okay. Um, and you also refer quite a lot of leads because Odoo is still the lead generator. I don't know how the percentages are. I think probably a lot of the leads still come through Odoo or maybe directly go to partners. Uh, all in all, we distribute something like 80,000 leads per month to partner, but it's very, um, it really it depends a lot from one country to another. Okay. Some countries we have too few and some countries we have too much. Yeah. Um, and is that hard to do that? Because then you really have to say, I'm now going to choose partner partner X over partner Y, actually. Yeah. So basically, what you need to do is, uh, we even have artificial intelligence to do lead scoring. To First, you have to detect what are the good leads and the wrong leads and the bad leads and so on. So we do artificial intelligence and then we do lead nurturing, lead automation with marketing campaigns so that we can grade them and so on. Uh, and then we do lead distribution and follow up through the portal of the partner and all the things. It seems complex, but it's actually very easy. Because we have a good application. Odoo <laughs> awesome. does everything and it's standard features of Odoo. <laughs> awesome, okay. I, I read a couple of articles, but it's, um, it was mostly a couple of years ago, that say that the um, efficiency gains of software are actually not really seen in the, um, in the amount of how efficient people are at work. Um, so actually the impact of software, um, some people argue, that has not trickled down to the individual efficiency of a person it's, at work. It's true for a lot of software. It's certainly not true for Do. And it's, it's funny because we have such a service where we measure. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of my job actually, uh, because I spend a lot of time as a product owner deciding what we do and what we don't do. And the way I work is that I sit next to users and I, I look at how they work before and after Do. So I spend a lot of my time, probably 30% of my time doing that. Um, and I can tell you that the impact with Do is massive. I can just give you a few examples. Uh, recruitment. In the industry, traditional recruiter recruits 30 people per year. That's the average on in the industry. We have to do, we recruit 90 people per year per recruiter. So it's like three times the user average. If you look at the traditional recruiter, around 40% of their email is just scheduling meeting. 30% is just pure administrative task because the candidates wants another date and then the manager is not there for the interview, but there, they, there is two managers for the interview. And because you have different rounds of interview, and it's, not, it's true, huh? look at the emails of a recruiter, 40% yeah. is scheduling email. 
put a scheduling auto appointment, which is online scheduling, and the candidate reschedule can sell uh, himself. You don't need a recruiter to do that, so they can focus something with higher value. You look at traditional company, 60% of the time of an accountant is to record paper into a system. So they have vendor bills, a big pile of vendor bills, and they have to record manually in a system. And it's more than 50% of some time sometimes. So it's massive. You use a do, we have artificial intelligence, we, we, are, we get close to 90%, uh, more than 90%, sorry, 93% of the uh, data on the invoice are recorded automatically. You don't even need, they just have to say yes, yes, yes. So the time you save is massive, and you can apply that to everything. In an inventory in Belgium, um, from when the good enters to the warehouse, to when it gets out from the customer, it's moved between six and seven times. If your inventory is well uh, designed, you can easily go to three or four times. Mm -hmm. If you have uh, less internal moves and finding the, the product directly. And these are the kind of things when you have a good software, it works. The reason why such studies exist is because uh, software were not as mature as they are today in the past. And are, we are still have a lot of uh, very dinosaur software on the market. And on this software, it's management software for the manager, but it's not productive for the users. We have to do, we think that we develop software for the users, not for the managers. Obviously, managers are users, but we want every user of the company to be more productive. And so with Odoo, obviously, all the users are really more productive. So you really think that that time has come to make it really more yes. efficient? Yes. It needed another vision. It's not management software for manager. Like you see directly, when, when you look at an ERP, you connect to it, and you have a big dashboard with plenty of data. That's for sure a software which is not designed for the user. It's designed to satisfy the board or the executive committee because they have plenty of data, but it takes time to load because plenty of data takes time to compute. And that's usually what not a user don't want to do. A user, he wants to uh, register a leave request, create a sale order, and think. And the way Odoo is organized is that when you go to sales, you can get your sale order in one click. You go to invoice, you, all your invoices are prepared, you can start validating in one click. And you directly see it in the first page from the software if they are designed for users or managers. Okay, awesome. Then I, I just want to dive in um, because I, I read the survival guide of Odours, so that's the book that you guys give to new employees, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that it's just open in the internet so everybody can see it, um, and you actually said that before, that you only have 0.1% of the market, more or less, at this point in time. But you also give a graph of your numbers, um, your cash numbers, your growth rates, um, and it's just, to me, it was mind-boggling to read uh, or to see your curves and then also think that you only have 0.1% of the market. Like, how do you think about this? I mean, this has blown up massively. Yeah. And so it's, just, it's just, so incredible, like, what, what you still have in front of you. Like, yeah, how do you grasp that? It's, it's Yeah, we are at the same time small and not small. Yeah. So uh, this year we recruit 1,800 people. So it's not nothing. <laughs> it's still something, but we are still 0.1% of the market. Um, the reason is that the market is huge. Uh, we cover from human resource marketing, websites, uh, inventory, manufacturing, mark, uh, accounting. It's super large for all the small, mid-sized and large companies. So the market's super huge. And on top of that, I believe that the numbers we have on the market are wrong. When we measure the market size today, what, we, what do analysts do? They check the revenues of the large ERP players. Up, so yeah. you have SCP, uh, you take the, the top uh, 20 and you have 80% of the market. You add some margins and you have the size of the market. The thing is, I believe that small and mid-sized companies are not equipped. So what we measure today is not the market of tomorrow. The market of tomorrow is way bigger in terms of users. 
because we will make technology that was not affordable to SMEs before, and we are making them affordable. Having all your systems integrated between your e-commerce, your accounting, your point of sale, is affordable to small and mid-sized companies. Before, it was only for the large companies. Now it's accessible. So I believe the size of the market is even bigger than that. So probably we are less than 0.1%. So we'll stay at 0.1% <laughs> yes. for a while. Let's dive into another part that you are now aiming for. So we got a couple of emails as a partner of do that you are going to focus on websites and e-commerce websites, um, the module uh, that you have in Erdu. Why did you choose that module to really focus on? Why is it important? I mean, you said a couple of things about it as well, because it's so important that it's integrated throughout the whole environment of a, of a company. Um, but it is a real focus. Where do you want to go in the next couple of years? What is there at this point in time? What do you actually offer to the clients? So what's important is that it's a focus since seven or eight years. So it's not new. But the thing is, we believe that in terms of product, not in terms of market share, not in terms of branding, but in terms of product, we believe that since a few months, we are much higher than the competition. Um, in terms of market, we are nowhere. We have 0.1% of the market too, also in the website builder. So <laughs> one website over the 1,000 is uh, uh, built on a do, which is not, nothing, but it's still <laughs> very small. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of product, we came to a point where we uh, fixed what we what we remained to fix, and we, uh, with our new technologies and the way we see it, we are way above the competition. So now that we have this, it's time to speed up the uh, communication around that uh, to to fasten the market adoption. It's maybe a little bit of a weak question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Uh, we have been building on Shopify for a while because that's what we knew before. I've been building websites since 10 years. Um, we've created our own e-commerce company. A lot of people come to us uh, in the direct-to-consumer uh, space. Why would you dare to build and want to build your D2C websites on Odoo? Do you think the moment is now already? Uh, we get that question a yeah. lot. I mean, it's like, ah, oh, the app ecosystem is not evolved. We don't know it that well. Um, how can it be so good? That's something that we discussed mm -hmm. already uh, at length. Um, but how do you think about it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's ready. It was not ready one year ago on version 14. Since version 15, it's ready. Um, to, to understand the value of the website builder in commerce, you have to see it that way. WordPress, which has 63% of the market share, um, is the leader because it's open source. Not because it's great, because Shopify is, has a better e-commerce. Not because it has a good website builder, because uh, Squarespace or even Wix has a better website builder than uh, WordPress. But it has super strong value that is very important for partner implementation service companies and developers and for large customers. It's that it's open source. You can customize it. But it's a bit outdated compared to the others. On the other hand, you have Shopify, which is a good e-commerce, but no page builder, not open source. You always have to do things with API or connectors rather than uh, building it in the product. So it's very complex. And on the side, you have the Squarespace for uh, small people who want to build their own website, but no e-commerce and, uh, and not open source. Um, we come with the three values. It's fully open source with all the e-commerce features like Shopify and totally comparable uh, and uh, a page builder that is way better than Squarespace and Wix today. By bringing this three value, we, uh, I'm sure uh, it's a game changer. It's a massive game changer. And I'm not even talking about the extra features of Odoo. Huh? I'm purely on the website builder and e-commerce. That is already a game changer. Add to that the extra feature of Odoo, the fact that we have a B2B e-commerce, that, that we have a portal that it's integrated with your point of sale, that it's integrated with your inventory and your accounting, uh, add, add that into the game-changing product, you have a super game-changing product. 
Um, and I strongly believe that even though we are nowhere on the market, that people still perceive us like the new entrant, the risky guy, the, uh, the ones we are not ready because I'm doing WordPress for years or Shopify for years. I strongly believe in one thing is that at the end, on the long term, the best products always win. It's not the marketing, it's not your salespeople, it's always the best product that wins on the market. And so we focus on that because we know we have the best product, we continue on because we have to remain the best product, obviously. Uh, and the way we are today, I'm pretty sure we'll win. The thing is, it, may, it will take time. Moving PHP developer on WordPress, <laughs> going to more modern technologies, take time. Moving people who, died, who did Shopify since 10 years to do, even though it's better, will take time. But we'll get it to, to a point because at the end, the best products always win. Okay. That's a, a very <laughs> a clear answer. To add to the website builder and e-commerce, we have a very strong product. But on top of that, we have an amazing service offer. Because WordPress has to sell hosting. Shopify had to, t to take a cut of 3% of your transactions. to That's their revenue. Mm -hmm. We don't need that. We have a so good accounting, warehouse management, we can get a revenue from the rest. So on top of having a great product, we have an amazing service offer, which is if you go to odoo.com, you can start for free with unlimited hosting, unlimited users, your domain name is free, and you have no ad in the, in the website. I mean, people love, would have loved to get that since a lot of time, a free website with a domain name that works out of the box. It's the first time that we deliver that, and we can deliver that because we don't need to sell it, because we have so much values in the other application that if we convert 5 to 10% of a website user to a CRM on an accounting software, we already win. So the business model is just completely different, and that's why you have a People can sense. compete against that. See, I mean, it's very hard to compete about free products, especially if they are better than yours. I was talking to Clément during, uh, during the dinner or the lunch and he said it as well, like I have so much contact and when I say it with people and with clients and when I say it's free, they just don't believe you. I mean, where yeah. is the catch? What, yeah. what is, so it's, it's quite incredible. Um, but that's of course, yeah, because you have such a composable system there that you earn your money in another way. So um, it's, uh, it's quite impressive for sure. Um, and also I think personally you see the move towards B2B e-commerce a lot um, and in Shopify that's actually really hard especially for a European company so what I was actually doing back in the days when I had my e-commerce company it was fixing um, the invoices for all the different kinds of Taxations. Uh, taxation uh, all the different kinds Fiscal of uh, positions. Yeah, exactly yeah. Um, and also translation I mean yeah, yeah. Shopify is a translation it, multi-price list, uh, multi -price list. Uh, yeah. uh, resellers program mm -hmm. you know when you so we have all the applications of uh, in a do imagine that you use the I don't know the email marketing you send an email we can tell you what is the revenue of the email you sent in order to do the set, we send the email, we get a tracker on the click, they click, they go to the website, on the website they fill a form, it goes to the CRM, from the CRM three months after the demos and so on, you do a quote, after the quotes you generate an invoice, you need at least seven different software to do your marketing efficiency just to, to know uh, the revenue of, a, of an email. We get all of this fully integrated in Odoo. So it's an amazing value. Only the very, very, very large companies can do that. And I believe most of them cannot do the revenue per email. For now, they are still stuck to uh, cost per click or revenue per uh, on the e-commerce, but not on the B2B, not on what you quote or sell or the lead generated. Yeah, and the omnichannel part is getting more and more important, and right? Bringing the omnichannel into that and everybody is lost. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so the value by, of providing that out of the box is it's just a game changer for me. All we need is time to recognize it and to make a brand for ourselves because nobody knows what to do yet in this market. 
but uh, it will come. How long? I mean, what is your approach, and how long do you give it? I mean, maybe you don't care because, like you say, the best product will win. You will focus yeah, on the product, but five or ten years, right? Care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will keep on working, keep on chipping yeah, away. Uh, it will happen. I don't know. I, I said the same for the ERP market when I started. Everybody was telling, "No, you can go against the CP. It's too big. It's too large. It's too." And, uh, and at the same time, you cannot do a CP while being simple. At the same time, you have to choose. Either you do a simple software for the small company, or you do a very complete software like a CP for the large company, but that are also extremely complex. I said, no, I will do both. Take me decades, but I did it. And it's the same for the website builder and e-commerce. I don't care how long it will take, but we will do it. Oh, but it's exactly like that. I mean, looking from the outside, it's you compete with Microsoft and SAP. You're getting good at that, and it's, yeah. it's working. And then oh, it's you said, that we oh, while, yeah, I mean, while we're doing that, we're also going to compete to Shopify, which is like also a massive company. Yeah, so it's, it's see the other way around. How can Shopify compete against inventory management, point of sale accounting, uh, email marketing, push notification, all the things that are fully standard in Odoo? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why we got into Odoo a little bit. It's because yeah, people had websites, but then mm -hmm. they ask us, yeah, but now we have everything in spreadsheets. It doesn't work anymore. Do you also have something that could help us with that? And then, of course, you come yeah. to potentially to do. Yeah. So um, you actually started with e-commerce companies yourself, right? With T-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, so it's, is it something that is really passionate for you, the whole e-commerce and the, the website module, or not specifically? I mean, you probably no, it, enjoy it, everything, but uh, we are doing e-commerce since version nine, I think, seven years uh, or before eight. I don't know, but a long something time like ago. That, yeah. But uh, with my CTO Anthony, we wanted to do that way before. It's been maybe 10 or 15 years that we say we want to do website builder, and we did not do it uh, because we couldn't find the right way to do it. We wanted something that was at the same time uh, very simple, drag and drop, where you can change everything, but everything, not just uh, the page, but also the footer and the header and your product page and the dynamic uh, job offers. So we wanted something super flexible, and at the same time, have all the features of do job offers, uh, sales for e-commerce, and uh, so on. Uh, and we couldn't find the right technology to do it. Nobody was doing that on the market. We find we were looking for ways to do it. And every idea we had were too complex or not scalable. Or, and at some point, we get the, the, the idea of how to do it efficiently, technically. And that's where we started the website. And can you tell me something about what, what is that then? What was that the technical breakthrough that you were waiting for? More or less, I mean, we're not going to... It, 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 it was about, we wanted the page builder of Square, Squarespace yeah. on all the... Get with the WordPress, but the same page builder on top of everything, just not the inside of a page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's technically very complex. And once we get it, uh, once we find the right uh, engine and the right way to inherit views and things like that, uh, that every, every, everything became transparent for us. And we said, yeah, it's, it's sure that's the future. Okay. Impressive. Um, so let's switch a little bit to HR and talent. Um, like, like it's 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 hard as an agency and probably as a do to find the right talent. Um, and I've read a little bit about your company, of course, before I was coming here. And one of the things that I read, I told it a couple of times already, was the guide that you have for new employees. Mm -hmm. It's quite impressive your take on how you should create the company and how you should attract talent and how they work for Odoo and how, what they can choose within their, for example, how they are paid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Where did that come from? All that knowledge, probably out of your books, your business books. Um, yeah, and most of the time we address the issue with technology. So for a lot of issues, like we wanted uh, to have a great employee experience. 
from the day they apply to uh, the job offer, we wanted the perfect experience. So a good experience starts with your website. You will need job offers that are super clean. You go on Monster, usually they are ugly. You can just do bold, italic, <laughs> and that's it. And it's the same for pretty much, uh, you know, on WordPress, most of the plugins are ugly. Um, and so we, we started with a website builder, clean job offers. And then we wanted a great experience, like we have a salary configurator. You can go on the website and start configuring your salary even before applying. For this, you need to manage the payroll. But fortunately, we have a payroll engine, so it was easy for us. And then um, once they apply, we wanted that uh, the full cycle was in less than a week, from the application to the job offer one week. Uh, so we needed uh, uh, scheduling appointments fully automated, so the candidate can schedule appointment right away with the person in the right calendar and so on, so fully automated. Then the salary configurator, they can configure the salary on their own, even choosing the car because we have a fleet management software in Adobe. And then once they agreed on the configuration they did, they have to sign, but we have an electronic signature in Adobe. So we use the e-sign app so that they can sign the car policy and the contract and so on. And then we have the onboarding application where all the tasks like prepare the laptop and prepare the things that are done automatically. And on top of that, we have tools like Referral, where the employee can get points when they refer, which is an app, gamified app with game, so that we, they can refer more. But all those things are just Odoo apps. So we were like, we want the perfect experience. How do we build the perfect way? We built apps to be sure that every uh, step in the workflow of the candidate was a great experience through the technical aspect. Odoo encourages mistakes. Um, you have a very open policy towards, let's try to make stuff. We don't break encourage stuff. mistakes, yeah, no, but, <laughs> but we accept it. You accept it. Okay. Yeah. So you have a very open policy about <laughs> trying something out and maybe failing. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested about this approach in software that is so important to companies, uh, especially, for example, if we think about accounting software and stuff, uh, probably you have a lot of things uh, in place to make sure that those uh, mistakes don't get all the way through to the customers. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm wondering how you think about that in the software that you are making, which is hugely important to the customers that you guys have. Um, it's a large question. Um, you don't have any option because if you are against mistakes or if you have managers that criticize the ones who did the mistake, then people won't innovate. They won't try, they won't test because if you try something or if you try to innovate, you, you take a risk of because not all innovations are good. So obviously you need to create an environment where people feel free, distressed about doing mistakes and in the reason we say it's okay, we just uh, work together to fix it and that's it. Okay. Um, for me, it's it's super necessary, otherwise things won't move the way it is. It, it moves today. But still, I mean, like you say, it's hugely important that culture within your company and other companies, they failed to um, keep that culture, right? Yeah. So it's one of the things that you're probably working a lot towards to make sure that it is still ingrained in the culture. And it will be hard probably when you scale another thousand employees. I don't, I don't know if you think that's something that is going to be hard, yes or no? <laughs> um, yeah, it's true that a lot of companies talk about culture. But the reality is most cultures are shit. <laughs> it's, it's very rare they told you b big things about culture and stuff, but in the reality is not a lot of companies have great on that, are good in that. I believe we are. I believe we are extremely good at that, and we did a lot to do that, starting from the book. We wrote a book about our culture, which is already something. And then we have elements like um, you, we never recruit a manager. Because we want, we don't want them from the outside coming with their habits and changing the culture of Odoo. So the only way to be manager at Odoo is to be the best of a team internal internally. Promotion. Yeah, internal yeah. Promotion. Uh, and we have a lot of things like that. We communicate a lot. We have a lot of things like that to be sure we keep the culture uh, the way it is. 
And where did you get that from? From the books that you read? I mean, because you are now having a company on such a big scale, I wonder sometimes where do you get your stuff from? Because you're actually creating the stuff now, these days, more But or less. Culture is easy because when you, are also, when you start, like when you have a company of 20 people, culture is just you. It's the way you act with everybody, it's the way you interact with everyone. The complexity is to keep this culture, so you have it at the beginning, it's the way you are. Mm -hmm. It's your leadership or lack of leadership, it depends on who. Mm -hmm. um, but then when you start growing, uh, it's not you anymore. It's the middle managers or the top managers. And so that's where the challenge comes, and that's where we started to uh, train the managers, create books, be sure that they come from the bottom rather than from the external Uh, recruitment and by the, and so our challenge was more to preserve the culture rather than defining the culture. Actually, I don't think you can define the culture. It's very hard. The culture is who you are. It's not what you want to be. <laughs> yeah, and still you did it. So and we did it. Yeah, we we put everything in place to to be sure we we keep right hires, uh, right yeah. hires, uh, internal promotion only uh, based on culture. The book, uh, good training, good communication internally. Uh, and part of the things that are in our culture, like autonomy, responsibility, being transparent, helps preserving the culture too. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. I have some very random questions um, that I just really put as random questions. You like m m uh, mathematics, you like economics, you like business. Uh, it's very much out there, but I couldn't resist um, just like putting these together in, in everything that has to be an open source, uh, everything around cryptocurrencies and and things around that are you into that is that something that that interests you obviously you have do probably you're not interested you don't have time to get into it but is it something that you feel attracted to in any not way not at all no no uh, it's even the opposite I would okay And why? Can you say something? It doesn't like make that? sense. Um, uh, there is some advantage of having a distributed blockchain mm -hmm. for some technical aspects. Like we have a blockchain to guarantee uh, in our accounting software for friends localization where you have to guarantee that nothing has been changed. That's useful. But uh, as a source of currency, uh, that doesn't make sense. The, the transactions are way higher than traditional uh, uh, bank channels. The, um, the consume, consumption of electricity is just stupid. I mean, it's so huge, it doesn't make sense for, for what it does. Uh, and you don't have the advantage of having a central government that regulates in case of any problem. I mean, you have a hacker that steals money, you lost your money. Where, where the law is very useful. If someone loses, uh, steals you, you can still go to the court and, and, say, and ask something back, which I believe <laughs> is a good thing. Um, so I'm not into that. I'm pretty sure some people find a benefit like that, like all the scammers and the drug dealers, and that's very useful for them. Maybe, yeah. And the majority of the transactions are actually that, at least in in some other. Um, so if I look at the technical quality of this network, I, I don't see a strong value for what they do today. Maybe yeah. there will be some usage yeah. in the future, but. But you still use blockchain technology because probably it's interesting uh, from the It's very rare. Some, yeah. It's useful in very, very rare use Small, case. So if yeah. it's useful, like we, we use that uh, in our eSign application too. Uh, but it's just a blockchain, not a decentralized blockchain. Yeah, exactly. uh, so if the technology is useful for something, we'll use it, but most of the time it's not. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, second question. Again, if it's too personal, just skip it. Um, but um, Udu is so, at this point in time, so um, successful. Are you thinking about going public? No. No? No, I, I, I thought about it, and the answer is we will not okay. be public. Because, yeah, because for me it's super interesting. I, and wh why is it? Yeah, Because you think that your company will change too much to a side that is governed by the shareholders that you probably don't like? Um, it's totally against everything about the culture. Yeah. Our culture is uh, building for the long term. 
we don't care about the quarterly result of the sales of the money. It's not part of what we build. We, we want to do a better software to help SMEs grow and better software for the user. And so we only focus on the long term, mostly focus on the long term. And going public has a tendency to refocus companies on the short term. You have your uh, earning calls, quarterly yeah. meetings, and, and if you announce your number, if they are too low, your, your shares decrease, and if they are high, your shares increase, and everyone is excited. And the whole company, because most of the time the employees have shares as an incentive or options, stock option plan. So everyone is focused on that, and they are happy when the shares grow and decrease. And that's a very, very short-term approach. So it's a distraction for you completely? It yeah. doesn't work well with our uh, culture. It doesn't work. It's also part of our culture is to be extremely productive. Everything we do is to be super efficient. We build uh, software much bigger than most of the companies with way less people than what they used to do. And part of the reason of that is that uh, we are super efficient and we always focus on that. And so we'll never do something we, which creates complexity in the organization or which doesn't bring the value for the cost it, it does. And being public puts con some constraints uh, into you. For sure. Like you have to do more reporting. You, there are things you cannot do. Like, uh, let's say, I think Odoo is worth 4 billion of euro. I don't know if it's true, but let's say I said that. Mm -hmm. If I was public, I would go in jail by saying that. <laughs> because I have to first announce the yeah, number yeah, to every yeah. shareholders and things like that. I don't want to have these constraints on me. So it's much easier to remain private. <laughs> exactly. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot. Um, I think that's more or less it. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was great to discuss these things with you. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, hopefully one day we can come back. So um, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. You can follow Fabien on LinkedIn and Odoo on your preferred social channels. As always, if you have the slightest question, feedback, please reach out to us. You can reach me via LinkedIn at Samuel Rieder or email at sam at deardigital.be. Thanks again. Thanks listeners. Thanks Odoo. Thanks so much Fabien.